of the chicken sandwich argument um i guess popeyes but ultimately i don't eat chicken or meat of any kind including fish so i can't say who got the better sandwich but as far as social media handling is concerned popeyes has sunned all the bitches and it looks funky ass chicken sandwiches this was probably a terrible question to ask you specifically. It was. It absolutely was. <laughs> but you know what? I come prepared for these things, so I'm going to hit you with But a I bonus answered the question. Question. You answered it, but it still was a bad question to ask you. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get creative. Let's say you're on a dating app. This is all hypothetical. You're on a dating app and you see your friend's brother on the app now this this friend is a straight straight guy obviously the brother that you found on the dating app is not Mm -hmm. would you do you have any restrictions on hooking up with siblings of friends um that's um, I that that goes against my personal code. Um, oh, oh, boundaries. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, mainly because people who I consider to be friends, like I, I use that term for people who I consider to be family that I don't have a blood relate, like blood tie to. So if I really rock with you, then your family is like my family. So seeing your your brother as anything more than my extended brother is just no what if this was like a distant brother that lived out of town no oh okay see i'm trying to find loopholes you just want me to fuck the family no that (laughs) that just makes me a terrible person and i I let the family um, in my house you know what the family fuck my husband well, brother in this case. Yeah. Um, but this is different. I mean, I have not done that. I was about to say, did you yet. fuck somebody's brother? No. And you're no. trying to make this uh, their strength in numbers? Comfort in the sure count? I'm pretty sure somebody's brother. No, I'm pretty sure I fucked somebody's brother, but it wasn't like a friend of right. mine. I mean, but the opportunity I'll probably fuck somebody's brother because... Right, right. But the opportunity did present itself at one point, and it just it didn't happen because I was a little nervous about doing that per se. But (laughs) I feel like I get you know I'm getting a little bit older, and I'm like, listen, there is not much for me out there. If I find somebody and he just happens to send me, you know what? I'm not even gonna go there. Um, yeah, okay, so. That just makes me a terrible person in the making, but I can live with that and I'll be, I will survive. So 
that being said, welcome back to another episode of House of Hughes podcast. We're back like Wendy's spicy nuggets. Okay. Yeah, right? That's good, right? They're back. They're, they've been they've been gone for a little bit and they just decided no, to come key, back. That's yeah, one that's of the fine. reasons um, why I stopped eating meat because they kept fucking with me in the damn spicy nuggets. How are you going to discontinue one of your most popular fucking items? That don't make no goddamn sense. Nobody wants your little bland ass <laughs> mild nuggets. Fuck them. I want my spicy nuggets. Mild nuggets. Oh, okay. So have you had the spicy nuggets since they No, returned? I haven't had meat in like two years. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So that's definitely well, more like two hard, and a half uh, because that bitch. But no, um, wow. Yeah, okay. I haven't had meat in in that long. So, but part of the reason why I stopped eating meat is because Wendy's kept fucking with me with the spicy nuggets. It's like how you just keep discontinuing it. It made me lose faith in poultry. <laughs> I did have them like two days ago, and they were pretty good. But, did um, they change the formula, yeah. any? Do they taste the same as they always did? To me, they taste the same, mm. but it's it's been so long. Because I was never like a Wendy's girl. I was always like a Popeye's and, um, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get, you know, we, we tried that whole chicken sandwich argument. And I, I had the Popeye sandwich once and it was okay. It wasn't anything to rave about, but maybe I just went on an off day. I mean, it's a chicken sandwich at the end of the day. And it's just funny that chicken <laughs> sandwiches just took over to distract us from the Amazon being on fire and Donald Trump being the Antichrist. Oh, um, okay. So I guess that's where we're going. Um, I, I can't argue that. I'm just going to, just going to. Shut my fat ass up and just eat my chicken and To sandwich. distract us from the so, fact that Jay Cole went planning with no features. Like, I'm just confused. All right. On that note, we're going to go right into Perfect <laughs> Score because I don't have time for J. Cole and his no features. Um, all right. So Perfect Score this week is going to go out to an artist, friend, friend of the show, I guess I can say that confidently. Yeah. Um, his name is Drix and he just released a new EP called Purification and it's so good. I'm so happy for him. I'm so proud of him. And you guys should follow him on social media, download his EP. It's available on all streaming platforms as of today. And uh, yeah, he gets my perfect score because it's been, I want to say how long since his last album, it's been like a year or two. It's I been believe. a minute um yeah and he decided uh he came out about his status as a queer man earlier this year so um it's just been interesting to see him to see all these things happen happening for him at once and uh he's actually pretty funny and he has a, a nice little presence on this timeline so if you guys you know want to check him out you guys can follow him on twitter and facebook instagram and just support support his dope work i'm just saying like drix and roman was like i cried and i'm just like boo fucking who like i'm crying too um <laughs> it was such a good ass song like the the whole body of work was really good um and this is really refreshing to hear um artists like him um and i'm excited for whatever he has you know cooking up for the future because I, I I'm fucking with it heavy 
I told him the next time I'm in LA, we got to do a photo shoot. And I'm, I'm hoping I can make that happen like around the time that he does like a performance mm. or something, because I've seen him perform on like little clips on, uh, I think it was Twitter or something. And he sounds really good live and he's a good performer. So I, um, so I hope that can, that can happen soon. Hopefully he can book some shows and maybe do a tour or something or, I don't know, but I just he he knows how I feel about um you know his his art yeah. and his talent or whatever. I love lately. That's my favorite song on the EP, mm. and um, I think he was. I think he's been surprised because I saw him tweet last night. He was like, "So lately is better than this song or something of the sort," and he like seemed a little puzzled by it. And I was like, "Um, it's a bop. It's my favorite. I like it." <laughs> um, I think. But the whole EP is dope. Yeah, my favorites are either um, I Cried or Don't Come Running Back. Mm. It's between those two. But <laughs> I'm just saying, the pen was pushed. The vocals were laid. He sounds so confident on this new EP. And that's no shade to his previous work, because I am a fan of um, of his other yeah. songs. But I feel like after listening to this EP, I got a better sense of who he is as an artist and like where he is in his life um, creatively. That boy and started to smell I, himself. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So shout out to Drix. Um, hopefully one day we can get you on the show and you can, you know, just have a nice little conversation about art love and bullshit so art um, love yeah. and bullshit i like that right someone's gonna take that and call their podcast that <gasps> lamb love art music and bullshit Ooh. watch gwen stefani take that i shit. was thinking more along the lines of mariah carey yeah but you know gwen stefani that loves her Remember, she yeah. was all about love, like, and music, shit. baby. Uh, 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 all the riches, baby. <laughs> One of these hey. days, you guys are gonna get a nice, a nice clip of Huey and I doing Listen, karaoke. Listen, I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You feel what? <laughs> what? I heard. I listened to Ms. that uh, like two days ago. Yeah, she did. She did well speaking of bops let's move right into music box and let them know what you've been listening to um well to continue on with the, the theme of indie artists um i've been bumping medino green's mixtape the carry dope shit um mm -hmm. and he just dropped a new track called hot boys again dope shit um again pins are pushed bars are laid <laughs> um <laughs> Hot Boy Summer is here. It, it ain't going nowhere. So definitely when you get a chance, uh, check the kid out because he got some fire coming too. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been spending as of late. Alrighty, alrighty. I've been on my hood shit lately because I've been celebrating people's birthdays and there's just been a whole bunch of partying happening. And um, it was I think it was this past Friday. ASAP Ferg put out a new EP, and Jet Lag is my favorite song on the EP, and I'm excited because I think he's performing at the VMAs with somebody, and I know I don't really know who, and I don't really care, but ASAP Ferg is fine and I like his music, so that's enough for me. Okay. What do you like ASAP Ferg? Do you no. listen to him? Oh, okay, that's fine. Um. So just I'm pretty sure he's a, when, a nice you know. gentleman. I'm sure his mama raised him right. His grandmother prayed for him. 
sure he's talented. He is. Um, clearly, he has to yeah, be. Yeah, he's... he's... <laughs> well, you don't really have to be, but that's another Look, that's I'm, another I'm, I'm, I'm changing my ways. I'm changing yeah. my ways. I consider everybody to be talented, but I only speak on the talent that I like. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> One of these days, I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll make that a part of my MO. You know, I'm just doing better and, you know, just being a better person and, you know, keeping a, a good mindset and a good aura around me and putting out good energy and stuff. Um, because I don't know about y'all, but the shit works for me. Right. And so it works really. Well. You're on your, you're on your Hey Friend Hey yes! shit. What it do, Hugh? What it do? The... <laughs> I was listening to the Friend Zone, and they actually premiered a snippet of the new, um, what's his name? Uh, is it the 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 people you like? Louis um, York. Louis York. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, was, I don't know why I was gonna fuck up the name. Friday, and I'm excited. Yes. Um, <laughs> wait, is it this Friday or next Friday? I think it's this Friday. Uh, she said it was yes, this Friday. This Friday, because this Friday is the twenty third. No, yes, yep. yes. And I was like twenty third or twenty eighth. <laughs> I always get twenty third or anything that's like three and an eight. I get them mixed up because three is like half of an eight. Like if you cut it in half, like the actual figure eight, yeah. it looked like a three. Sure. So yeah. I, I tend to confuse yeah, threes I'm... and eight, like date wise. I'm like it's the twenty third or the twenty eighth. Um, don't judge me. That's it. That's I'm not, no, no judging. I'm just, it's interesting to hear because I've never heard that before, but I see what you're yeah. saying. And Well, like, not if, you know, if somebody the, says the, the it visual to me, of it. I'll remember it better. But if I see a date and it's like August 23rd, my mind will be like, was it an eight or was it a three? Oh, yeah. shit. What did I see? <laughs> oh, that rhyme. But no, I'm excited about it. Um, Louis Shark, they're so great and so talented. And so amazing. And then the Shindellas dropped a video for their song Chills, which I love the video and the song. And and we're at a workshop for life. All right. That's... Fuck out of here with that normal shit. <laughs> I don't know what's normal anymore, but what's normal anyway? What's normal anyway? What's normal anyway? All right. Miguel? So let's no? Okay. Uh before we get into the timeline, I think we should probably tell the people that the second half of this show, we're gonna have our very first guest. Yeah. If you guys don't know by now, the name of the episode is gonna mean is named after him. Um, just because I always name the episode after the category, and this week the category is Leon Waldo, so we'll be talking Leon to him. Leon Waldo Gerardo Faldo. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be talking to him later on about his new EP, and obviously, you know, if you guys listen to this podcast before, he's the man behind our intro and outro music, and he's a personal friend of mine. I met him last year, so stay tuned for our little interview with him. We like interviews. Yes. So let's jump right into the timeline before we give Leon the call, and um, we'll start with something positive. So Tommy Davison voice of Oscar Proud announced that they're going to reboot the Proud family. 
It's important to note that this is going to be on Disney Plus, not on the Disney Channel. And it's also important to note that I will not be sharing my Disney Plus password with any of you whores. When he says any of you whores, he means like people outside of his. I mean anybody. Uh oh, okay. Um... Get your own. Why you writing mine? <laughs> <laughs> because things cost money they and do and if i gotta pay bitch so do you so maybe one maybe we could work something out where we like split the cost of streaming services because when i move to you know to where i want to move to i'm gonna need somebody's streaming services i mean you better ask spotify to pay for you a hulu account no, they already do. They already oh, do. So you but, you'll be good until you you can afford another. No, but if I need Disney Plus and all these other things to keep up with, the you don't need ho- Disney Plus. You need a roof over your head, and you need water, clean water, and you need bread. Okay, so I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll tell that to the people when I decide to end the podcast and be like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I just need <laughs> water and bread. That's all I need. I don't. Need I to said create. clean I don't water. Need art. Oh, we need clean water. Oh, you okay. can't be drinking no dirty water. You gonna die. Listen, all right. So, so are you here for this for this uh, reboot? Oh, uh, okay. Here's my thing when it comes to this, right? And this is why some people are like kind of like frustrating me. The Proud Family was something that was amazing to us when we were children. <laughs> I would say children, preteen, early teen, like around that that time. Um, in the years since, the Proud Family has been unavailable for us to watch. We have grown. We have acquired men, women, children, bills, rent, mortgage, jobs. We are adults now. The Proud Family is amazing to us for nostalgia reasons keep that in mind when they put it back on on disney plus that it ain't gonna hit us the same way it hit us when we was kids because we're not kids no more appreciate it for its nostalgic value appreciate it as something for kids today to enjoy that we can enjoy with them. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to go into it with a more open mind and there won't be, you know, long Twitter threads about how much, how sucky it is and how it's trash and all this stuff, because let's not do that. I mean, I think no matter how, successful or or what the ratings or the reviews are for these reboots like there's always going to be these think pieces and these threads on social media about it um you know even when they when they brought back uh raven for raven's home okay um, you know some people loved it the reason why raven's home was loved by a lot of us as adults was because raven was also an adult right if if it was still Raven as a teenager, it wouldn't appeal to us at like it did before. But because Raven was an adult with a child and, and grown up responsibilities, we could relate to that 
So although it was still silly and goofy, there were some aspects to it that we could relate to personally that made us want to watch it even when no kids was around. Same thing for Girl Meets World. They were characters that we knew as kids that grew with us in a sense that we could still relate to as adults. So it gave it a different value. Um, I, I wouldn't expect that from the Proud family. I mean, you never know. I feel like, you know, we got to give things a chance and see what they're going to give um, because it could be something that's very current. I mean, I can't even. What is it going to be? Grownish? I feel like it could be, you know, like, depending version on, of grownish. Right. Like what, depending on what they decide to, you know, address in episodes and what they want to highlight or whatever, like it could be something that might cater that might cater to like today's teens. Um, but still with like the same young characters because, you know, Disney hasn't really confirmed this yet, but I feel like in the next couple of weeks or so, we probably will get more details because we don't know if, um, we don't know if the same actors, the same voice actors are going to be coming back to, you know, to reprise their roles or whatever. But I don't know. It's something that I'm definitely willing to give a chance. Like I'm going to watch the first episode and, you know, and just take it from there. Um, I mean, hopefully I'm going to check it out. Right. I'm just, I hopefully it doesn't, hopefully they still keep the things that are special about the proud family still part of the series. Because I think like what we were saying earlier with that. So Raven, like not only did they kind of make it something for the people that grew up with the series, but also something for people that are new to it. Um, I feel like they also kept the, that's so Raven comedy style in, you know, in the reboot, which is why it's, it's right. which is why it was, it came across uh, well and it was well well received but um yeah no but it's, it's I'm, I'm here for it i will definitely check it out and we'll just you know we'll take it from there hopefully it's yeah. um you know hopefully we'll get more details on it in the next couple of weeks and then we'll you know we'll take it from there personally i'm not over y'all talking about the new all that and how it sucks because <laughs> wait did that even premiere yet Oh, that's been on, and people oh, already wow. been complaining about it. I'm just like, yo, we grown ass adults. It ain't gonna hit us the same. Like, number one, all that was already hit or miss when we were kids. Let's be clear. Um, great show, but sometimes it was just like, okay, this is foolish. But oh no, no, I agree. There were some things that were definitely timeless. Some things that were more so forgettable for the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as adults, the the whole overall premise of a sketch comedy show with children geared towards children why would you have an expectation to enjoy it why i i don't know i feel like you know obviously nostalgia is you know like the hottest thing in terms of like you know media these days but um i do wish that we had more people you know creating original things you know so that way we wouldn't be so like super stuck on bringing certain things back because of the way they made us feel and stuff give me the old things that's what i like seriously just just put everything on social i mean put everything on streaming services and i'm pretty sure all that comes on like the old ones or at least it was but the funny thing is like even when like all that was like the old episodes they were showing those and the old episodes like keenan and kel 
and stuff like that. I may have watched it a few times, but I wasn't like hard pressed to watch it like all the time. It was like one or two times just to bring back some good feels and good memories. And then it's like, okay, back to my adult life. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a few a few years ago, I had almost like all of Keenan and Kel saved on my DVR because it. I started noticing that it was coming on TV and I was like, oh shit, let me record these so I can, you know, watch them again. But then eventually I like started deleting some and I don't know what it is, but just like the theme song always just brings me back every time I hear it. That's my shit. I don't know. I was like, I don't know what theme song you're singing, but it's... That was how Keen and Kel had Coolio singing their theme yeah. song. And then the beat was like dun, 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 Nope, no, but I, I don't I don't think it sounded like that. Everybody out there go right inside your homeboys and homegirls. It's time for Keenan and Kel. They keep you laughing in the afternoon, so don't touch that dial. Don't leave the room, because they always into something fun, and you don't want to miss it. It's okay, like, uh, 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 uh. Keenan and Kellen, should I say? Kellen, Keenan, and you got to ask Keenan, because Keenan is giving with a plan or a plot to make it to the top, but they kind of in the middle, because they always getting caught. This ain't the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew Mystery. Says Keenan and Kellen, your vicinity, like Siegfried and Roy, or Abbott and Costello, Magic and Kareem, or... Pen and tell it somebody's in trouble. Oh, here it goes. Oh, Nick, 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 Nick. There we Mike go. drop, bitch. <laughs> so I'm surprised I remember he, so much of it. <laughs> a lot of people remember that song because it's just, it's probably one of the coolest uh, theme songs from back in the day. Oh, man. Shout Good out to Julio. <laughs> Living in a gangster's paradise. All right. So moving on this week, we had the finale of the second season of Pose. Yes. Come judge for me. Come judge (laughs) for me. I was in my bed, just a mess. Oh, I was. Yeah. Blanca, obviously, well, first, you know, they, they should, oh, spoiler alert, if you guys are, you know, if you guys haven't watched it, which you should by now, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Pose for like the next maybe 10 minutes, possibly less. Um, So just skip ahead to our interview with Leon Waldo if you don't want to listen to it. Um, Yeah, so they, you know, they first show us Blanca. She's doing her, you know, her business and out of her house and she's coughing and it's that eerie little cough where it's Listen. like, I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to, are they going to get rid of, um, I say get rid of her. I was like, is she going to, is she going to go? But they, they went a different way with it. She's still around. She has new kids that she's bringing into her house and there's going to be a, a new generation of, of, uh, of children to, to mentor and to, you know, take under her wings. So. You know, I'm excited for that, but I'm also, you know, just sad because things have changed so much ever since the first season with, you know, Damon and Listen. Angel and, and Bobby coming into the house. And, you know, now Ricky's fucking pray tell and that just doesn't feel right to me. But hey, love is love, right? Listen, almost everybody's story arc made me cry. Um, 
like this is how everything got tied up. Number one, I was about to cry in the very fucking beginning. It is, as soon as my eye, because I didn't have in my contact, so I couldn't see very, very clearly. But as soon as I realized that Blanca had them circles under her eyes and heard her talk, I was like, oh my gosh. Yep. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was in a place. And then fast forward to the next scene, I was definitely crying. Um, or on the verge of crying. And then just uh, Angel and, and her whole storyline and, and her and Poppy just coming up and bossing up. And then Damon and Ricky, like that exchange between them was so endearing. And then Ricky and Pray Tell, that was so like precious. And them having that scene and Ricky giving me fam is just everything. Ugh. Um, it was just a good ass episode, man. It was a good ass finale. It's a great ass show. Um, and if anybody connected to Pose is listening, I can be available for season three. Um, yeah, it's, uh, my heart was full. Oh man. I, uh, I have to watch it again because this was like definitely one of my favorite episodes. And I feel like they ended, you know, way different, like completely differently than they ended the first one. Um, the first one was like really, really sad and stuff, but this time around it was like the first it was one like was bitter. not sad. It was kind of sad. I was, you know, crying because Blanca won Mother of the Year. That's happy though. Just because you crying don't mean it's sad. Uh, okay, all right. Just gonna. <laughs> Just gonna search for a new co-host and see telling me how things are. Um, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Just because you're crying don't mean it's sad. I'm like, well, then what is it? You can cry and be happy, too. Listen, when I'm happy, I smile, I laugh. Sad means something bad happened. I mean, you you know, you have a point, because I did cry at the Mariah show when Never Too Far came on, and that's, even though it's a sad song, it was a happy moment. Speaking of Mariah. What did she do? Nothing. I got good back on my phone. Oh, I was like, <laughs> wait, so how did, what happened before? All right, why, didn't, why didn't you have glitter? All right. So what happened was years and years ago, before it was trending, you know, before it got popular, I bought glitter, the soundtrack on iTunes. Okay. So I owned it. It was mine. Like I have the files. Um, So I always had access to it, you know, Um, once it was popping and, you know, new lamps came and, and made it go number one on iTunes and all that shit. I could stream it, you know, and I was streaming it on my phone. And then Apple decided to be bitches and take it off and only have like lover boy and, and two other songs available to stream. But I'm like, Oh, well I still have it. So I can just stream it, but I couldn't even stream the files that I owned on my goddamn phone. That were in my iCloud library. I said, no, the fuck not. This is not how we're going to do this. This is not what we're going to do. This is not how this is going to get done. I fucking refuse. I'm not going down without a fight. So what I ended up having to do was burn it to a blank CD and then re-import it to my iTunes as whole new files. And now it's back in my iCloud library and I can lead the way. Fuck all y'all. Oh, that was real cute. Um, I mean, I don't have those issues because I don't subscribe to Apple and their 
you know. Is it on Spotify? Um, no, but I actually bought it on Amazon, and Amazon I can download wherever I want. Um, so you know, I didn't have to deal with Apple Music and oh, you so know, you have it in other. the cloud. I have Apple. Well, I have I have Glitter and I think something else under Amazon Music, but I can download that onto my phone. I can put that on my computer. You know, anytime I want, just like easy access without you know going through you know generations of of blank CDs and just bringing this back to the you know to the MP3 days. I mean, I still so. use blank CDs because all I got in my car is a CD player. Uh, oh, then, okay, so I kind of feel bad, but um, I'm still standing strong with what I said. I mean, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad at all. You didn't do anything to we feel just, bad about. Now I know what to get Huey for Christmas. One little nice little aux cord. Uh, I don't have an aux port. Um, I'll get you, do you have a, a cassette player? Nope. Um, so I'll I'll get creative then, and I'll make and sure And the you FM can... tuner things, the little Bluetooth things, do not work for me. They have I'll... never worked for me. People have luck in my area, but I just never do. And honestly, I don't even want to try them because as soon as they go out, I'm going to be mad as fuck. Yeah, but you need to be able to hear like the newest shit when it drops in the car because that's just like an experience we should all have as, you know, as as, as queer men. That's what and headphones are for. Not while you're driving. Um, just wear one. Just, just wear one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you'll look completely sane in the car doing that. I don't give a fuck, Keisha. It's my car. My car is paid. It is mine. My car fuck paid in full, baby. My car don't get repo. I'm gonna do whatever I want to. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit of shade, but I'm not gonna. I'm not no, gonna it's not. It's this one of the few things that I'm proud of in my shitty life. The fact that I actually own my automobile. <laughs> <laughs> I've owned a few, um, just not this one currently. Um, and I can't afford a car note it. right now. So. Uh, I can barely afford. I'm considering just becoming a, a pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> do they have bike lanes in um, the DC area? They do, and I saw a hoe in the street on a goddamn skateboard, and I was very not confused. Number one. Why are you riding a skateboard in the street? Like, get your ass on the sidewalk. But then, like, she turned. And when she turned, she got in the bike lane on the turning street. But why are you in the middle of the regular street where the cars go on your skateboard? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Huey has this thing with people that are, that, that use, like, scooters or whatever those things are in D.C. Yes, I fucking hate them. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> be running people over get out the get the fuck out of my way i thought i was gonna use it but i didn't know you know me i was it was my first time there so i didn't know how far things were i was like should i get the scooter should i what should i do i mean i don't judge people for doing it i judge their existence <laughs> the existence I mean, of the scooters and the use of the scooters but i don't judge the people for actually using it i just judge yeah, no. them being used Right. I mean, where we where we were, we didn't necessarily need a scooter or whatever, but it would have been, you know, if it was a different day and if I was dressed differently, then it would have been nice to just ride around. Sitting there looking stupid on a kick push razor motor scooter going down. <laughs> hey, get the fuck out of my way. Just go. 
<laughs> Alrighty, so um But yes, we pose. Uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um I think from what I've read, there is um the next season is potentially gonna be the last one and they're gonna do like a, a big time jump. Mm. Which I'm not really ready for considering how much I love this show and how important I think it is for the community. Mm. I I I would at least like for them to get to a fourth season and, you know, end it there. I don't want the third season to be the last because it's 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 touched on a lot of different, um, you know, subjects within the first two seasons. So I feel like their work isn't necessarily done yet, but that's just me being a crazy stan. And I loved Electra this whole season. Electra was reading everybody. Electra was doing her thing, even when she necessarily wasn't, uh, you know, in in the right. She Listen, was she was out there. Even when she was about to bust, uh, uh, what's his name, Damon kneecaps with that hammer. That's that's what I was talking about. <laughs> with Candy's hammer at that. God rest her soul. Um, <laughs> good shit. Great television. Um. I'm 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 excited for what they have in store for season three, and I will go back and watch season two a few times because it was just so damn good. Oh man, I can't wait to I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase it for um, I mean what is it on a Google Google Movies or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> so I can watch it in the car and cry and eat trail mix at the same time. <laughs> I found this new trail mix. Well, it's not really new, but it's new to me because it's the first time I found it um, at Target. And it's just like this peanut butter monster yumminess thing. Um, nah, bruh, what you need to try, it's a little expensive, but it's called like Sahel. I might be saying it wrong because I'm a bird, but it's a S-A-H-A-L-E. What's it's that? Real, it's good shit, man. They got like different ones. They got like this banana rum type one and i got this one now it got like pistachios and almonds and dried cherries and pomegranate flavor apple bits it's so good man yeah but i need like peanut butter and chocolate you said trail mix i know but i need like a peanut butter and chocolate mix so i can eat it yeah but like the nuts and the dried fruits be good too i mean those they're cute but delicious you know you know what I'm here for. But if I can't so have delicious. cookies, I need to have sweets in some other kind of way. But they're so delicious. And I'm actually kind of pissed because Subway got rid of their s'mores cookies. Knowing <laughs> damn well, I lived for them. Not the Subway cookies. The Subway s'mores cookies. I'm gonna People add respect them Subway cookies more than they do their subs. That's sad. That is sad. <laughs> Listen. I don't. I don't know how we got here, but I'm talking gonna... about a sad ass chicken sandwich. <laughs> that sweet onion teriyaki zone was would be hitting sometimes. It depends on who made the the stuff. <laughs> I used that used to be my favorite sandwich, like back in the day. Now I just get like turkey or something. Or I would get the meatball marinara and had them put some pepperonis on it. Oh, look at you, fancy. Oh, you was just doing it up when you were a meat eater. I was. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, I'm just going to, unless you have anything else, I think we're going to end on this light little note and uh, 
yeah, we're going to take a little break and call Leon and we'll be right back. All righty. All righty, guys. So we're back. We're back at the House of Hughes. And this week we have our very, very first guest. I'm super excited to have him on. He's a friend of the show, a friend of mine, super talented singer, songwriter, producer. The first voice that you hear on every episode, if we're going to keep it. Yes. The the voice behind our intro music, our outro music, um, Leon Waldo. Say hi to the folks. Oh my gosh. Hi. That was an intro. Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being our first guest and also for being the voice behind our theme music. And I think, I don't know if we talked about it before, but Leon actually helped with the name of this podcast before I, uh, before I, pitched it to Huey I was having trouble figuring out a name and I was running some ideas through Leon and I was like you know what about this what about this and he gave me the name House of Views and I was like that's it that I'm gonna go with that oh my gosh well I'm so excited to be here and thank you (laughs) for having me I feel like I have to I don't know if I ever told you this in person because we met uh last year at one of your performances in Boston but the reason why I came across your music was another friend of mine, his name's Lee Thomas, and he was on a podcast called Getting Gay. He sent me the link to Pariah, which was the EP that came out in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So he sent me the link to that. And I instantly became obsessed. And I was like, I have to reach out to this person, I had to find him and let him know how much I love this project. And um, I think I found you on Twitter. And then instantly we became friends. And I met you a couple months later at your um, at your performance in Boston. And we got a chance to hang out and talk and um, just discuss all the other performers that were that were there that day. Um, no shade, but that was a legendary. Fun <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. <laughs> but but it's I feel like it's been like a long time coming like we met last year but I feel like we've been friends for so long because we text and you know we you know keep each other up to date on you know our own personal bullshit or whatever but ever since Pariah you released um Lunar Confessions which was in April yes I want to say April yeah (laughs) yeah it was April I wrote it it definitely was I wrote it in my notes so I'm just gonna trust my notes yeah, it was April 4th. I did the whole like 4-4 thing so I could easily remember it. So yeah. April. Oh, cool, cool. So he's a he's a he's a four baby. I'm a four baby as well. Yeah, shout out to Beyonce. I'm a or four baby out. as well, but I'm born on how the are 31st. You a, how are you a four baby? Because three plus one equal four. Yeah, but my birthday's actually on the fourth. Yeah, but three plus one equal four, so Okay, all right. Oh, just... And I'm a I'm on the 14th. What is this? I live. What's your sign? Oh, I'm a Pisces. Aww. I take a little bit of everybody, you know, and I'm real comforted, but I'm real sensitive. I know. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect the perfect setup to be a singer, because I mean, feelings all over the place. I know, and uh, that's the thing, like, you try to really keep it cute and not put all of that in there, but it just, it seeps out anyway, so. It seeps out. And then, like, you- You just gotta live your truth. You produce your own stuff, too, right? I do, I do. Right, so it's like, it's seeping out in the production, it's seeping out through that pen, and then it's seeping out through your your vocal throat and all that stuff. Like, it's just, (laughs) you, you can't help it. 
Yeah, well, well, thank you. I it it tries me though. Like, let's be real. Sometimes the music game tries it, but you know, I love so, it. So, so speaking of the music game, let's you know, let's have a little icebreaker. So, how did you first get into music? I know you've been uh, singing for quite a long time. You kind of grew up with it, right? Oh yes, most definitely. Um. I started probably like four or five or, you know, around there. I used to do, um, I used to sing with my siblings. We used to sing in like churches around the city. This is when I used to actually live in Cleveland and we used to sing in churches there. Um, and my oldest brother used to be the like lead singer, but then I came up and took his spot. <laughs> and then... <laughs> he said, I got this big bro. I got this. Right. Right. Love then I... story. Yes. <laughs> You know, I was definitely that dream girl. Um, but then I started doing piano, piano lessons, really getting into it. Started writing songs when I was like 12, maybe 13. And then I started doing production, like stuff around like 15. I did a whole album at 16. And then I went off to music school where I started, you know, really getting into it. Okay. All right. So do you yeah. still have those songs from when you were a teenager? Um, ooh, uh, I, I still have the album that I like, I, I actually released this album when I was 16, but by 18, I was like, we going to take that down from the uh. internet. <laughs> so I like read that only on the wiki page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He better do his research. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I removed it, but. I mean, I still have that music. Sometimes I go back and be like, you know, I'll listen to it just to go down that lane. But I don't know. I don't really listen to a lot of that music anymore. I don't listen to a lot of my music at all. Really? What made you remove it? No. You said what? What made you remove it? Um, I'm very critical. Like, I'm very critical of what I put out there. And mm. so as I grew, I was like, this is subpar like i know this was at that moment but i knew that i could do better and i wanted a certain thing out there understandable because i have pulled things down from the internet as well so we're on the same page you feel me same thing exactly. we all have right right it's like it's like going back into that like facebook from like years ago and going oh we're gonna remove those pictures yes. from 2010 <laughs> right <Yes. laughs> see for me as a photographer i for the most part i keep everything that i post on instagram because i like to see the i like to see the growth even though sometimes i go back and i'm like oh, i should take this down because it doesn't look as nearly as good as the stuff that i you know that i shoot today um but i know like back in the day when i was like probably 18 or 19 i posted like youtube videos with my friends and we would talk about like the trials and tribulations of being a cashier at a convenience store and stupid shit like that so i had to take that down because i was like i don't want this to be a part of my legacy <laughs> I, I feel that but listen that that like cashier life i feel that cashier life listen <laughs> <laughs> it's a struggle it's Man. oh my god we don't Especially we don't have the time Macy's. <laughs> y'all got any coupons for the day no we don't do you oh. want to apply for a macy's card and save 10 percent? yes or no then no you ain't getting yeah. a discount you can't use okay. that coupon on polo why not because it's say it on a coupon if you read oh. it say it. you can't use it 
Okay, so do you want to close or not? Okay, well, you have a great day. <laughs> I love, I love. So let's 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 uh, stay on the on the music uh, train. So with Pariah, this is that that was like my introduction to you as an artist. Obviously, so can you talk about a little bit of where you were when you were recording the songs for Pariah? Because I know what you said it took you a while to put everything together. Oh yes, yeah, yes, very much so. Um, I was actually in my last year in college Mm. um i went to school in boston uh shout out to berkeley college of music um i went to school there so i have met a lot of different producers a lot of different musicians and so i i was writing up to the point of that album coming out but it was like four years worth of stuff and so i would discover something else and i'd be like no that track's not good enough like i can do better and i can do better so a lot of it was just me you know, honing in on what I wanted to sound like and what I wanted to do and meeting all these, you know, musicians from all over the world and, you know, getting their take on different things. So it was definitely like a mosaic kind of thing that came together actually after I finished college is when I put it out. But I have been writing it for, you know, three, three-ish years. Yeah, it's... It's crazy because I remember listening to, um, I think it was Saints and Stoners and thinking like the lyrics behind the song are, are obviously something that, you know, me and you, we've, we've talked about on like a personal uh, level, you know, obviously outside of the timelines or whatever. But I remember thinking when I first heard it, like, this sounds like something that could have been released in like 2000, like 2001 or I don't know. It reminded mm-hmm. me so much of like alicia keys has fallen for i don't i don't know if that's like a a good comparison but just the production of it reminded me of like alicia keys um fallen but then it sounded so current and it also sounded very much like leon like i feel like when i first heard pariah i was like i feel like i have a, a sense of who this guy is as an artist and i can tell that he's also a part of this production like he's not just singing songs that aren't his or he's not you know he's not singing lyrics that aren't his he's a part of this whole you know this whole process this journey of creating a you know and a body of work yeah wow well thank you i i think pariah was definitely the most hands-on that i i was in a project where like every single second every single note like had to be perfect you know, and I think as I've grown from that project, I've learned how to, you know, let things go a little more, how to be a little more natural and how to, you know, really have a good time while still creating something that, you know, is enjoyable. Because, I, I mean, honestly, as much as I love Pariah, I like once it was out, I don't think I listened to that music for a good <laughs> minute because it was like I need to get away from this you know what i mean right so i didn't i didn't want to do that i didn't want to have that feeling again whenever i started writing uh lunar yeah so how was it performing those songs uh because obviously you you performed them um you know a couple times especially you know during the time that i saw you but um when you're performing those songs from pariah do you does it bring you back to those to those days of like you know making sure everything was where it was supposed to be or are you just kind of like living in the moment uh it's definitely it definitely feels like a refreshment because you know with a lot of the live performances 
I will turn a song, you know, completely on his head so that mm. it feels fresh and new. Um, and I think what I do is usually just give myself a break from that music so that it can feel, you know, revigorating again and can feel like, you know, alive. Because, you know, um, I, I feel like sometimes with music, if you just keep doing it over and over and over again at the same exact way, and then, you know, you'll get bored of it. So I definitely try, especially with the live albums especially with live versions of songs to just you know see what i can do different um from a different era or a different angle um to really bring it back to life right right i know huey has some questions over on his end yeah um so during the uh behind the music that you did for pariah uh you said that your music um is about the celebration of struggles and being different and I wanted to know why is that something um, important for you to express in your music? And is there anything specific that you do to to express that? Yeah, well, I definitely think like looking back at my life growing up, I just don't ever remember seeing me like in representation in media and in music, you know, so and I know that I'm not the only one, you know what I mean? So it's like. I knew that there are 10 young little queer boys coming after me. So I wanted to show that side and show as much as we love our, you know, flamboyant queens, like we all are more than just that. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes, especially growing up in the media, like watching in Livered Color and in certain shows, like, Every time I would see like a queer person or a gay person, like they would be, you know, to the max, which is totally fine and is totally like relevant. But I also wanted to show a, a diversity in our culture and a diversity in our creativity and say, you know, to our heteronormative, you know, society that our world is just as in depth as anybody else's. Mm. Do you feel like the um the portrayal such as um like men on film and things like that, do you feel like um that kind of created a, a caricature of of gay people um that we are somehow trying to break out of and show that we can be flamboyant and not be comical? Yeah, and that's yeah, I think that's a really actually a great thing to say is that um a lot a lot of it just in terms of say media in the last 20 years or media in the last 30 years we've just been that like non-sexual comical thing and that's just kind of been where we've lived on the edge of mm -hmm. um and so yeah definitely i feel like in media in the last couple years and i would say the last 10 years um where we're getting more in-depth uh characters and we're getting more in-depth qualities it, it it is feeling more diverse more inclusive um, but we definitely have a long way to go in terms of our conversations within our community and our outward look so speaking of the community um this kind of brings me to my next question what are some of the challenges you faced as far like creatively as far as being a openly 
uh, Black queer artist? It's it's hard to say because um, there was a lot of boxes that I was outside of. So I it, it's hard to know which which like adversity I face for which reason. Mm. Because a lot of the music that I make is on the electronic spectrum. Right. Um, so I would be doing shows with, you know, seven, eight other, you know, white artists, and I'm the only black one. So it's, it's hard to say, was it because he was queer? Is it because he was black? I don't know. Um, but I, I definitely found the power in it because uh, I feel like if you don't take it, somebody else will. And use it against you. So I definitely found the power in being just like a black queer artist and using that not as like a disadvantage, but saying this is the reason why I should be a part of this because your quota isn't, you know, meeting the requirements that it should be. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, I mean, it's all about just how you how you use it and taking what is seen as a minority taking what is seen as a less than and saying i am here because of that is uh is powerful and i think that's what everyone should do right as an artist um how does it feel especially one such as yourself who you know you incorporate of um like electronic uh can't get the words out but you know what i mean <laughs> um how does it feel? Legendary. Huh? No, just legendary. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> clearly. What I call it. Clearly. But, He's um, doing God's work. Clearly. <laughs> all of the Lord's work. But like with, uh, like when Normani dropped Motivation and everybody's saying like, oh, black girl doing pop. Um, why isn't she doing R&B? How does it feel being a, a black artist and you know, being in these genres that black people aren't traditionally in, um, mm -hmm. when at the end of the day, you know, we kind of started all this shit. Yes. Very, very, uh, very true. I, I think the fact that we even have to have a conversation about Normani doing pop and we don't have that same conversation about Sam Smith shows exactly like, what people think and where they're like outlook on you know black and pop music and black and like electronic music um really sits i think um i think i try not to i don't know i i try not to let it affect the music that i make right. but i feel like in some terms in some way it's kind of inevitable that it does yeah. Um, where I will have, I, I re actually remember a professor uh, in college telling me we were we were talking about blues music and about how Adele, as much as I love her, how she can get away with certain things that like an aloe black wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about like doing blues music. And I was telling him, I came up to him after the lecture and I was like, yeah, I think I really want to, you know, really get into that like blues music and really start doing that. And he was like, well, I mean, if you do it and then it's not really going to have that effect that like, you know, somebody else of like blue eyes would do. And I was like, 
Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Like, yeah, that's the kind of conversations we have in this industry. And it sucks because you have artists like uh, Dawn from Danity Kane who has done, like, she, she makes amazing work, videos, amazing albums, amazing, but you never see her on these stages. You're not going to see Dawn at the BET Awards. You might not even see Dawn at the, the VMAs, but she is talented than a lot of the people up there. But because she doesn't fit in that box and she doesn't stay in that lane, I feel like mm. people overlook her or don't want to bring her in when I feel mm. like there's definitely space for black artists who do more quote unquote alternative sounding uh, music to be present because it's good shit. Right. Uh, I mean, honestly, period point blank it is. And I think that there's going to come a time or there's going to come a space where all of these rejected uh, artists because they don't fill it, fit in those boxes. And I think it's already happening, but they become the biggest voice because mm-hmm. everybody's heard the the pop girls. Everybody's heard the R&B girls for so long. And it's like, there's so much out there in between those lines and between those, you know, cracks. And I think there's a huge like underground kind of movement happening under our feet because everybody's fed up with trying to fit in those two boxes. Right. And I, I think I think a lot of that has to do with just where we are in terms of like how we consume media these days. You know, like we me and Huey have talked about it previously on the podcast before about just how things have changed so much in terms of music and, you know, just even the way we discuss it um currently, especially with streaming services and now these days it's like you know, Lil Nas X can have the number one song in the world because of streaming services, not because people are going to a record store and purchasing the song or going out of their way to call in radio stations to request the song to be played. You know, it's a lot. It's it's different, but it's also very beneficial for people who aren't on the radio to, you know, get their songs out there. Social media is like the new, you know, marketing strategy. And I think, yeah, it's I think it's 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 difficult for artists who are in their own lane because, you know, it's so easy to market somebody who is a, you know, white singer, but has a, you know, R and B type voice, quote unquote, you know, because that's what that's appealing to the masses, you know? And I feel like um, where we are now, a lot, a lot of, a lot more people are interested in, doing their own research in terms of finding new artists, you know, like, thankfully, because of Spotify, I've been able to find, you know, all these new indie artists and, you know, be able to interact with them on social media and check out, you know, when are they coming to my town? When are they going on tour? And, you know, how can I, you know, how can I support them in terms of just, uh, you know, I mean, rather than just streaming their music, like, how can I, you know, see this person live? How can I, you know, make, make them a part of my rotation? It's, um, it's just, it's, it's so different now, but I do wish that like, you know, people listen to music without seeing an image, you know, like, I feel like who was it back in the day? I think it was like Tina Marie who didn't show her face for like her first, I think two albums or something. 
um, because she was afraid of there being like a controversy behind her and the music that she was singing. Because obviously she was, I think she was dating Rick James back in the day. So he had a lot to do with like the production. And um, there was this like, you know, this weird conversation about this white girl singing uh, R&B music. And eventually she just became like a household name. And now everybody loves Tina. You know, we honor her all the time, especially at cookouts. Yes. <laughs> so I know I went on a tangent, but you know, it's just the topic of music kind of just brings us and we can, yeah. it opens the doors for so many different conversations. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, honestly, um, I've been kind of having a conversation within like my little close knit music group about the use of social media in our like personal lives and the exploitation of our personal lives in order to um, sell our music. And it's like, how much do you sell of yourself or not sell of yourself, but how much do you give. expose and give a, give in order to obtain this thing you know what i mean and so i've gone on the offensive and you know i shut down the twitter i, I saw i saw yeah yeah i know and that's that that's like a big thing because i've had twitter for like going on a decade and so to really after like thirty-two thousand tweets be like okay she's she's done <laughs> you know how do you do that when you are supposed to be putting yourself out there every day and making sure that your you know fans are getting what they want how do you do that it's yeah. it's hard because even as you know just somebody within the podcast community you know social media was probably like the biggest form of you know of marketing and in, in terms of reaching people and, and in terms of building a community i think if for, at least for me like i know i if it wasn't for twitter i probably wouldn't have met huey i probably wouldn't have come across his projects and stuff so it's hard you know but it's obviously it's not the only way to be a part of a community and it's not the only way you can be creative um but it's it is almost like the go-to for a lot of um creatives these days yeah very true but i've, I've been into like the whole like person to person thing yeah and and that's i think that's super special to to be able to do to you know this day very true you know it was crazy i had a i had a little like get together at my place where i did a whole show and i was going to put it out i didn't put it out this project this summer but like i don't know i it feels so much more rich nowadays to like do things in spite of social media it mm. just feels I don't know, more yeah. empowered. Right. Yeah, there's there's I, been... more there's more control. I think uh, is, is that if that is that fair to say, um, behind like the just knowing that you don't have to rely on other people to retweet or to comment or anything. Like it's all under you. Like if I want to put this out there, I'm going to. And if people want to share it, then they can. You know, word of mouth is still very much its own right. um, you know, special form of of marketing and putting yourself out there. Right. Very true. So I want to talk about Lunar for just a quick second, because obviously you have a new project in the works and, you know, we'll, we'll get a, li a little into that because I know you're very secretive and you'd be on your, <laughs> you'd be on your Beyonce when it comes to new stuff, because you don't be telling As me well shit. As well he should. Legends do legendary things. 
<laughs> so Lunar Confessions came out in April, but I remember seeing the cover art for it, I think sometime in late 2018, right? Yeah, I posted it on New Year's Eve. Yes, yes, yes. And I just um and I actually kind of want to talk about the cover art a, a little bit cuz that was probably like one of my favorite things just about that whole project um and i remember seeing that i was like is that him who is that how did it where <laughs> talk to talk to me a little bit about that cover art because if you guys check it out um it's available on all streaming platforms it's such a dope um it's such a dope cover yeah well thank you i um it's actually a great artist he's a west african artist named um george Mansu. okay um, i believe that's how you say his last name but no, I just got in contact with him about using it. Everyone's like, I've gotten that question a lot. Like, Leon, how'd you get on the boat? And I'm like, no, Come it's, on, it, it's really like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, you know, a queer West African artist. And um, I'm very much about bringing up the ones around me who, you know, look like me and, you know, do do that sort of thing. I'm very much a community driven person. So um, yeah, he was gracious enough to let me use the image as the cover. Um, and it just it just so happened to fit very much what I already do. Um, and I think that album art really um, embodied what the album was supposed to mean. And being on that boat by itself, it's it's kind of powerful. So yeah. So you found the image after recording the songs for Lunar? It was kind of in the middle. Um, okay. I I don't really work linearly or how, however you say that word. <laughs> I know um, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, Talk I don't, so, so it's very much scattered. It's very much like you know I'll be working on the end of something before I even start the beginning, or I'll be in the middle, or you know I'll be two songs down, and you know I'll be like, okay, so where when are we gonna put this out? You know, so it's right, right. I don't know. I'm very scattered. <laughs> I understand oh, completely. Well, my favorite song, obviously, I think everybody knows by now if they listen to the podcast, is Fantasy on, on Lunar. Um, prior to that, it was Collide, which was on Pariah. Collide is um, my it, shit. Collide, I was so Collide happy that shit. When, I, when I saw you perform in Boston, I was like, he has to do Collide. I don't know, because I didn't know <laughs> if you were going to do like other songs that I didn't hear, that I'd never heard before, or if you were going to do like a few songs from from pariah but i was like he has to do collide and i wish i don't know why i should have saved i think my friend still has a video of me dancing to collide um during the live performance but um fantasy to me fantasy felt like a part two to collide but i think i told you i felt like fantasy was like it's darker sexier older brother mm, yes if that I makes definitely sense I was definitely feeling of fantasy when I was uh, writing it. <laughs> and there's also a dope visual that you recorded to, you know, to go along with the release of Lunar, which I thought was amazing. Oh, thank you. Shout out to B3 for helping me um, come up with that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it was very much I was very isolated. And during that time, like I had moved to D.C. and I was just surrounded by forests and trees and like deer in the in the wild. What part of D.C. Wow. was you in? It, 
Yeah. Wait, hold up. Well, listen. Because <laughs> that's listen, a controversial I saying, question I learned. I was saying DC for the GP, for the, you know, for the masses, but it was really in Virginia. Let's let's be clear. Um, <laughs> so, uh, which is really different for me because, I, I mean, at least I'm from Texas, but I was from the city and like living in Boston, living, you know, just north of Houston and Cleveland and things like that. So, being so far out really gave me time to be and and just really understand what I wanted to do next. Um, so that project was really a story that I kind of created um, of this persona, of this person um, really becoming awakened with himself and everything that that comes with. It was cute. I don't know cute. if I ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told it was you cute. this. First to Abra. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told Leon this, but obviously, I think you're you're aware of the story that I made a couple years ago uh, called Box Guy, right? Yes, of course. Yes. Um, and listening to Lunar kind of it reminded me of like the place I was. When mm. I was when I was shooting uh, Box Guy, when I was um, just thinking of concepts and stuff, and I feel like for when I first saw the cover art, I was like, okay, I have an idea of how this you know this EP is going to sound. Um, is it EP or is it an album? Um, an EP. I'm really scared of the word album. Okay, because it's under it's under album on Spotify. Well. She need to talk to management. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm calling things what they need to be called. It's um, a body of work, regardless of what we're going to call it. It's a complete, full body of work that flows, that is cohesive. You I'm know, just trying to be. I'm just trying not to be a playlist in this bitch. Yeah, it's yes. not a playlist. Um, <laughs> not a playlist. <laughs> so when I listened, to, when I you know saw the cover and I finally listened, finally listened to it for the first time, I remember you had texted me. You were like, "It's out," and I was in bed and I put the Bluetooth speaker next to me and I was like, "This is so dope! I can't wait to listen to this in the car." But I instantly like had my own little concept of like a visual of a guy being on the boat but just like mm. his journey and it just reminded me so much of a box guy and just like you know where he was and if you guys obviously if you guys don't know what box guy is check out my photography instagram underscore box guy and you'll see the whole story there and don't make me relive memories i don't want to relive but um listen okay box guy i was I was living for Box Guy, and I think I've told you that before, because I, I have so. one of my favorite images, and I was from Box Guy, and I uh, go check it out. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, live. Wait, legendary. which one was your favorite? Because I don't remember. Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta see. I'm a visual person. It's so hard for me to like describe right. things. He's like the one with the colors. The one <laughs> with the box that looked like that the, thing. Right, the box and the guy, that one. I like that one the best. <laughs> What's the one oh, with the, the guy in the box? Right. That it one. was one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much that. <laughs> oh man. But all right, so let's 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 talk current day. So obviously mm. we have Pariah, we have Lunar. Um you're working on a new project? Yeah, you know, it was I kind of took the pressure off of myself after Lunar um, because 
I really want a Lunar to stand on its own pedestal after Pariah. It's always like that second project where they're like, okay, but can he come back and do it again? You know? Right, right. So there was a lot of, there was always pressure on the second project. So after I got through that, I was like, okay. Um, and, and this one, I really kind of have fun. It was just like something I did over the summer. I worked with the same, uh, like one person that, that I'm always like, Hey, I have this idea for this baseline. Um, just tell me what you think. And my good friend Louie, he will just mess with stuff and we'll go back and forth and, and do it until it sounds good. Um, so I really have, really have fun with this one. So, um, I'm calling it circa 96 because, uh, I don't celebrate birthdays. So when people ask me like, Oh, um, when's your birthday? I've started saying like, oh, I was just born like circa 96. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I do now. I think I remember the first time I, I met you, I think, I don't know if I, if my friend had asked or I asked how old you were. And I remember you saying how old you were. And I was like, I don't believe you. You're lying. Yeah, nobody. Listen, nobody believes me because I don't know. I don't, I, I either get like, way too young or or i look older so i i just forget it well i don't want to i definitely didn't want to say that you look older but you presented older especially Mm. you know what my my first time hearing you was through the music so i assumed that you were a little bit closer to me and huey's age Okay. Huey's older than me. Um, by (laughs) two months shout out to aarp Hey, listen, <laughs> all the fucking discounts. <laughs> Give me my discounts. I want my discount at the movies, my discount at fucking IHOP. I want all of my discounts. Listen, listen, when, when we, when me and Huey both live in the same retirement home, we're going to need a performer. So we're going to call you. Listen, at the end of the day, old pussy still sell. I'm going to bleep that out in, in post. <laughs> <laughs> I love legendary. I love. Oh man! So we actually, you know, got a chance to listen to snippets of circa '96, and it sounds mm. so dope. Um, it sounds a little different than you know what we heard on Lunar. It sounds it much more um funky, if I can say mm. that word. Um, because I listened to it last night, and I was like, okay, somebody wants to dance. Somebody's having a you know a good summer. Yeah, and and I think um, a lot of it was if you if you think about if I think about my projects as people like or as time periods in my life like Pariah was very much new, fresh, green, getting just getting out of there. Lunar was very much going through something, you know, and making it on the way out. And so this was just kind of a celebration, a rejoicement, a rejuvenation, a revolution. Um, so I definitely gave no like cares, gave no, uh, and I was just like, I you just curse. Wanted... I know you curse in your music. <laughs> I mean, you know, but we a little religious, you know. I can't be. Oh, can I... She's being classy. Uh, She's being classy I, for the podcast. You know, I just you know didn't want to uh, you know. Anyways, uh, but... <laughs> leave the cur- we'll just leave the cursing to me and Huey. Yeah. Um, so I definitely just kind of gave no no cares about this one and was just like i'm gonna make the music i want to make and we're just gonna do that so here it is yeah it, okay you can so definitely hear it um it just sounds more free 
Um, and just going through from Pariah to Luna Confessions to Circa 96, it really, um, it reminds me of what Dawn did with Golden Heart, Black Heart, and Redemption Heart. Mm-hmm. Just like the overall vibe, it was like, it, it was making me feel those same things. And it's like, huh, I'm living right now. <laughs> like, this is, this is great. <laughs> this is perfect. I'm, I'm definitely like in my zone. And then just listening to, listening to them back to back. Um, granted, you know, we got with snippets. They suffice for now. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely like it definitely was like a movement through a a, a cycle kind of, mm. and it's like it, it it's really dope to have that kind of three sixty completion. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I fucks with it heavy. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like I've, I, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've grown a lot. I know that we all use that word uh, when we've progressed, but like, I mean, there's really no other word to call it except, you know, growing comfortable in your skin and growing comfortable in your culture and your awareness, mm-hmm. and you know, not being apologetic with it and saying, you know, this is really who I am and this is really what I want to do. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, that was that. <laughs> no, but so like, if you could describe each body of work with just one word, what would the word be for each one? And pariah oh, cannot one? be used. Oh, Lunar and confession man. cannot be used. <laughs> That's two words anyway. Um, let me see. One word for pariah. Um... Oh gosh, that's hard. Uh, I would. I don't know. Let me see. Now I'm thinking. <laughs> I feel like cut the cut out the uh, pauses. Let me see. <laughs> uh, um. Let me see, Pariah. I would say tempting. It was okay. a tempting project. Uh, you get to Lunar Confessions. Um, let me see, like, maybe like interpersonal. It was like mm. an interpersonal project for Lunar, and then Circa, kind of what I've said before, but unapologetic. Okay. So those those would be like the three words. Right. It's it's so crazy because I feel like even though the music sounds different on all three of the projects, your presence on on these songs stays the same. Yeah, and I don't and I don't know if that's like if if that's a compliment or not. It's not to say that the songs sound the same. Obviously, they don't. But I feel like you are somebody. Um, excuse me. Because I'm, I listen to music very critically, and if I'm obsessed with it, I'm a, I'm obsessed with it for many reasons. And one of the many reasons why I loved Collide and Saints and Stoners and As I Am was because I felt your presence on the track, and this was like this is, this song probably could have been like somebody else could have sang it, but no one's gonna sing it the way Leon's singing it because this is right. his message that he has to get out there. This is you know I really felt your presence on these on these songs and it made me feel like I had a better connection with you as an artist. Yeah. Wow. It's definitely well, thank a, you. A authentic, um, 
delivery. And then, like, the way you arrange your vocals is sickening. I'm just like... Yes. And he sounds amazing <laughs> live. I have to I have to put that out there too because I saw it, you know, in person with my ears and eyes. I was like, he sounds like the record. And that's wild to oh me because gosh. not a lot of these, you know, not a lot of the girls can. Ooh. Well <laughs> thank you. I, I do appreciate it. Um I don't know. I feel like when I when I've tried before uh, to do other things that aren't so much myself it just doesn't come out that way it just doesn't sound good it doesn't mm-hmm. sound good when when i try other things like that um but then again that's also why i give songs away uh, because i know that sometimes i write a song and be like oh this would be this would be good for somebody else so i do give some songs away come on yeah. ghost right <laughs> so i have one last question um and i don't know if you remember this conversation that we had when we first met i think i recall you saying that you preferred to be a songwriter as opposed to like doing your own music and performing your own music do you feel Mm -hmm. the same way right now i don't know what i feel you know what i mean it's like um I felt that way for a while, but that was also because I used to be kind of afraid to put my own self out there. So mm. it was definitely more comfortable and more more easy to be a songwriter and just sit in the studio and do it. Right. But I also had to ask myself, is that me being like, is that what I actually want to do? Is that just what feels comfortable and me being complacent? Um, so now I don't know. I don't know. Cause right now I'm transitioning into other things, other films and being visionary. So I'm kind of been getting into that and like television stuff. So I, I feel like right now I'm just more of a creative and I just, kind of do different mediums to create or to show off that message or give off that message right right so somebody is very booked and busy (laughs) no no (laughs) never and he's very very he's very mysterious that is probably an ongoing theme with leon I am not mis- listen. I've said I said this. I think off air, but I am not mysterious. You just don't like what I tell you. So, <laughs> Leon's clocking me on my own show. This will not do. <laughs> and the interview ends now. Subscribe, listen, like. No, I got one more question too. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, my last question. Um, outside of your own, what are three of your favorite? bodies of work and why mm. oh my gosh well mm. he's not a lamb i know that no, listen <laughs> i love mariah shout out to mariah she's she's amazing um let me see three favorite probably lemonade just a given not for the let me let me explain it though. I'll try I'm, to be I, quick with it. I'm, I'm half, so you don't have to explain much to me. I, just, I know, right? It is. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like honestly speaking, if there wasn't a lemonade, I don't know if there would have been a lunar, because um, that album showed me how to 
really dig deep into a story and give mm-hmm. like um, a beginning, middle, of end. So, right. Uh, I feel like Lemonade really helped me as a songwriter. Um, so I would say that. What other <laughs> albums? This is I'll, putting me on the... I'll, I'll add this... to that as well because Lemonade did help me um, during the time that I was creating Box Guy because I had so many different concepts and endings for Box Guy around the time Lemonade came out. And I was like, mm. I don't know where this is going, but Lemonade was definitely on repeat during a lot of photo shoots and a lot of editing and stuff. So, yeah. And then I would, I would probably say like Miss Education from okay. Lauren. Like that, I feel like that was such a groundbreaking album um, mm. for just black women, for, you know, MCs, for singers. Like nobody was doing that r- until like Lauren. So, um shout out to her for that project and then probably like michael jackson i want to say the thriller album i'm gonna say the thriller album i was trying to go back and forth between bad and the thriller album but i think i'm gonna give it to thriller very what's your favorite song on thriller um ooh, what is my favorite huey looks like he's gonna be upset if you say the wrong answer I know mine, and it may not be a fan favorite, but whatever. Let me th- wait, 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 wait. Now I gotta look. Hold on. Mm. We can just say human nature and get it over with. No, I don't think it's my. Fa- Actually, you know what? You're right. It is human nature. You're right. I was like, no, but it, it really is. Like that's actually one of my top favorite Michael Jackson songs of all time. And you human actually nature. covered it. I did. You I did, did cover it. Yeah, that was I love that song. I yeah, that's definitely number one. Yeah, no, it's, I really enjoyed your cover of it. I was like, why was it this on Lunar? Well, well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually really great how that project came to be. Um, shout out to Zach Benson and Tori and Maggie from Fifty Fifty um, for asking me to be a part of this like queer collaboration album, which I thought was just incredible. So. Um, I just really wanted to pick a song that meant something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I changed all the pronouns too on human nature to he and him because yep. that's what expression is. Pete. Clocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And you guys can check that out. That's also available on all, you know, music platforms as well. Yeah. And, it's and... Just, human nature is amazing. And then follow up. By PYT, maybe. My favorite's Baby Be Mine, but I might be alone in that. Okay, see, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. It is. It and is. And I still bump The Girl Is Mine because that song is funny to me, but it's still a good song. <laughs> it is. What, was, what song is it that he's always crying on? Um, She's out of my life. Oh, oh girl. Like, I was, what was, I think I was watching this interview with the, the like songwriter who was like, um, they didn't know what he was doing at the end at first. And they was like, Michael, are you okay? Like, dude. And then he did it again. And then again, they were just kind of was like, okay, so this is what the song is going to be. All right. Cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Leon, thank you so much for being our first guest on House of Hughes. Oh, well, thank thank you. you so much for having me. I had so much fun today. 
<laughs> I wish you all the luck in your new journey. I know you have a lot of new things happening, a lot of changes happening for you very soon. And uh, hopefully, you know, the future can bring us all together one day. Yes. Yes. Cheers to that. <laughs> all right. So we're going to close this out. Uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up this week's episode of House of Fuse. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Where else are we on? Spotify. I, don't, I forgot the other ones. Breaker, Overcast. We're on a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. you guys can worldwide. Definitely. And um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Frankie L. Rivera. Instagram, Frankie.L.Rivera. Photography, Instagram, underscore box guy. And yeah. Oh yeah, make sure you follow the podcast at House of Hughes Pod at Twitter and Instagram. And then you can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey. That's B-A-E-B-Y-H-U-E-Y. But me and Frankie ain't that important right now. Mr. Leon, sir, tell everybody where they can find you your stuff. Oh, and what you want. Well, you know, you know what's what streaming platforms you want because we know <laughs> you worldwide too, bro. You I mean just let them all the things. Yeah, let I'm them know what everything. to search and where to search it. Um I'm on <laughs> everything. Just you know, search Leon Waldo. Um and the Instagram is the Leon Waldo, T H E then Leon Waldo. The so, yeah. <laughs> there's only one. <laughs> Well, it's because I messed up on the first one. I was like, oh, no, we're going to need another Instagram. So I just kind of stuck. <laughs> and yeah, so stay tuned for Circa 96 because that should be dropping in the next few. <laughs> Who knows? You know. <laughs> she might just show up and pop up on you guys. So, um, Or you can go to waldowarehouse.com. Um, that's the label. So you can sign up for email, like notifications just because she does pop up at two in the morning i think i might have to sign up for that for those emails since she won't tell me (laughs) 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 Alrighty, so on that note we'll see you guys next week see and thank you so much for coming man we really appreciate it thank you thank you guys close us out huey uh category close bitches we out